Well, if you would like to keep Jude 20 to 25 open in front of you, that would be great. Uh, let's, let's pray and ask God for his help. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege it is to open your word. For the privilege it is to come here tonight and open it up and to, to seek what you have to say, for, say to us. So Lord, we ask now as we do, Lord, that you would give us ears to listen. You would help us to be willing to change. And Lord, would you help me as I preach. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, last week we saw that the book of Jude looks a bit like the show Cowboy Builders that was on Channel 5. In Cowboy Builders, Don Littlewood and Melinda Messenger stand up to dodgy builders who promise much and deliver little. And their aim is to expose these cowboy builders to the whole country so that there would be no more unsuspecting victims who have their homes ruined. Jude was doing something similar. He was exposing spiritual cowboy builders who had slipped in among the church and were leading them into sexual immorality. And the spiritual building work they did in the church was disastrous and meant real danger for the church. Jude warned us not to be deceived by them or we too will face God's judgment for rejecting his authority. Instead, he urged us to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's people, to keep submitting ourselves to God's word, to keep obeying and serving King Jesus. Now tonight, Jude is going to do something else that Dom and Melinda do towards the end of their show. As well as exposing these cowboy builders, Dom and Melinda, they tell their viewers the steps they can take to make sure they won't get conned. They tell us the preventative measures that we should take in order to protect our family homes from the danger of cowboy builders. Things like being wary of cheap estimates or quotes, asking for their business details, not paying anything up front. All steps that people can take to prevent being deceived and suffering the consequences. And in the final verses of his letter, Jude gives us his advice for how to make sure we don't fall victim to false teaching. He gives us the preventative measures we need to take to make sure we stand firm in the faith. He wants us to know what we can do to build the church up well. And he wants us to know that we have a calling to prevent others from falling into the fire. And these preventative measures are so applicable to the situation the church finds itself in today. Because we are immersed in a culture that denies God's authority and pursues sexual immorality and personal autonomy. Our culture says the individual is king. And the mantra, you do you. Culture says there's no higher authority that can tell you how to live your life or what to do with your body. And there are people in the church who are teaching that this is the way we should go to if we want to stay relevant. If you want an example of that, well, just look, last week, the Methodist Church in Great Britain voted to allow same-sex marriages in their churches. The report said, we believe that the Methodist Church needs to recognize that it is being called by God to take the next steps in the development 
of its understanding of relationships and marriage. And they said they were led to do this by the promptings of the Spirit in the light of the gospel values and trajectories of development that are recorded in Scripture overall. In other words, they're saying that Scripture needs to develop in order to keep up with the culture around us. So we need to hear Jude's advice because there are people in the church today who are undermining God's authority and perverting the grace of God into a license for sexual immorality. We need to know how to contend for the faith. And that's the question that Jude is going to answer in these remaining verses. If last week was, what is the faith and why should we contend for the faith? Well, tonight he's going to tell us how. How do we contend for the faith? What does contending for the faith look like? And as he answers that question, Jude is going to tell us to do three things, okay? He tells us to look in, look out, and look up. He's saying, there's things that you can do to help yourselves. There's things you can do to help others. But ultimately, we depend on God who promises to keep us and to enable us to contend for the faith. He is the one who guarantees our salvation, and because of that, he is worthy of all praise and adoration. So that's where we're going this evening. That's our, our roadmap. Look in, look out, look up. But first of all, let's look in. Look in. Look with me again to verse 20 and 21. But you, dear friends... By building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Jude's first piece of advice for us is to keep ourselves in the love of God. Now you'll remember in verse 1 that Jude has already said that we are being kept for Jesus Christ. So we know we don't save ourselves by keeping ourselves. We don't earn God's love by keeping ourselves. But at the same time, as Christians, we do have some responsibility. If we want to remain in that special love that God has for his people, then we're called to keep ourselves in it. As those who are being kept for Jesus Christ, we have an amazing privilege of keeping ourselves in God's love. Now, what Jesus said in John 15 verse 10 helps us understand how we do this. Jesus said, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So we keep ourselves in God's love by keeping Christ's commands. Unlike the examples we've seen in this letter where the people who deny God's authority and follow their own will are kept for judgment, we keep ourselves in God's love by humbly submitting to Christ's authority and by obeying his word. And to help us to keep ourselves in God's love, Jude gives us two further instructions. We are to build ourselves up in our most holy faith and we are to pray in the Holy Spirit. Notice that we aren't just to do these things as individuals. Jude doesn't say, dear friends, build yourself up. He says, dear friends, build yourselves up. So these are not just individual responsibilities. 
They are responsibilities that we all have for each other as well. So together we are to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. As the church, we are not only part of a building team, we are also a living, breathing construction site. We are the building project. But we don't build with bricks and cement. We build with God's word. And we build on the foundation of God's word. As we saw last week, the faith in view here is the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's people. Jude is talking about the Bible. We build ourselves up by devoting ourselves to the teaching of Scripture. Part of contending for the faith is making sure that we're regularly reading God's Word, hearing it preached, and applying it to our lives. How could we possibly keep Christ's commands if we don't know what they are? How can we avoid being led astray by false teaching unless we have a clear understanding of the truth? How can we keep ourselves in God's love if we are not constantly reminding ourselves of his great love for us. We never graduate from hearing the gospel. We don't reach a point where we don't need to hear all the things the Bible says about what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Reading God's word is how we know God's love for us. His love that won't let us go. And the more we know that in his love he is keeping us, well, the more we want to keep ourselves in that love so we're to build ourselves up in our faith the second thing Jude says will help us keep ourselves in the love of God is to pray in the Holy Spirit now praying in the Spirit is not a special type of prayer that special Christians do okay when a Christian prays they pray in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is living in us he is the one who enables us to pray he helps us to pray in line with God's will Jude is saying that contending for the faith is something we can only do with God's help. Contending for the faith is something we do in relationship and communion with God. And he's saying that as individuals and as a body of believers, we are to build one another up in prayer. We are to pray for one another. We pray because we know that ultimately God is the one who builds us up in our faith by his Holy Spirit. So Jude's first piece of advice is not that complicated. We are to keep ourselves in God's love by obeying his commands. And to help us do that, we are to read our Bibles and pray. Now you might think that's very basic. Maybe when you heard Jude urge us to contend for the faith, you thought that sounded quite adventurous. You know, contend for the faith sounds like we're being called into battle, doesn't it? But if you've been a Christian, for any amount of time, you'll know that reading your Bible and praying is a spiritual battle. These things are far from easy, are they? We live in a world with a million distractions, and it's really hard to maintain our self-discipline, isn't it? We're fighting a daily battle over who is going to have our attention. And in the heat of this battle, we need to ask ourselves, if I'm not contending for my personal Bible reading and prayer, then who is discipling me? It's so easy to listen more to what our culture has to say than we listen to what God has to say. It's so easy to internalize more of what we see on Netflix, what we read on or watch on Facebook or Twitter than we do of God's word. So maybe as we read these verses, we do need to have a good look in 
let me ask you this evening, are you spending time in God's word and opening it up with other people? Are you asking God for his help to stay faithful and praying the same for the members of your church? Are you using the opportunities you have to pray with your church family? What about meeting other believers? When we spend the rest of the week swimming against the tide, it's vital that we prioritize meeting with other believers. Are you making sure you're coming to church regularly to hear God's word preached and to encourage other people? And when you do come, are you listening as a sermon connoisseur who just loves a well-crafted sermon? Or is your heart open to receive what God might be saying to you? Are you just coming in and out again? Or are you looking for ways to get to know other people so that you can encourage them and they can encourage you? This is what contending for the faith looks like. And yes, keeping these spiritual disciplines going over a long period of time is hard work, but they're vital for our spiritual health. Remember that Jude is calling us to contend for the faith. And like we said last week, the Greek word for contend is where we get the word agonize from. So this is going to take effort. It's not going to be easy. Maybe you've been feeling like you haven't been contending for your own faith and the faith of others in your church family recently. Maybe you feel that you can't do this. Remember that we don't do these things to earn God's love. We don't do these things to, to earn our salvation. We get to do them because we have already received God's grace. God has already called us. He already loves us. He has promised to keep us. But also remember that we can't do these things in our own strength. We are only able to do them because God has given us his spirit to help us. It's like we're pedaling an electric bike. Yes, we have to pedal. We have to put the effort in. But we have a motor to help us get up steep hills. We have a motor that helps us keep going for longer distances. God has promised us the help of his Holy Spirit that we need to keep ourselves in his love until the end. He's promised to help us build ourselves up as we open his word and as we pray for his help. Okay, so the first uh, piece of advice Jude gives us on how to contend for the faith is to look in. The second piece of advice is to look out. Look out. Look with me again. Um, sorry, so Jude has told us to put on our own oxygen mask first, hasn't he? And now he advises us that contending for the faith is going to mean helping others. That's what looking out means. It means helping others. And we have a calling to prevent others from the dangers of rejecting God's authority. Look with me again to verse 22 and verse 23. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear. Hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So Judah's saying that the way we are to help others is by showing them mercy. So contending for the faith it doesn't mean being contentious for the faith. I'm sure you know what it's like to have a friend whose default position is to play devil's advocate. And anytime anything slightly debatable comes up, they just love the opportunity to channel their inner lawyer to the point where it seems that all they want to do is argue about stuff all the time. Well, that is not what contending 
for the faith is supposed to look like. Yes, we're to share our faith boldly. Yes, sometimes we may have to be confrontational. But we aren't supposed to run around looking to get into apologetic or theological arguments all the time. We are to be merciful. Just as God has been merciful to us. Contending for the faith means offering God's mercy to people who need it. And some of those people might be in our church. There will be people among us who are in danger of being deceived. That's why Jude says, be merciful to those who doubt. Now remember the context of this letter. There are false teachers in the church who are teaching that the grace of God provides a license for immorality. There would have been some in the church who heard this message and began to doubt. Perhaps these guys are right. It does look like they have more freedom. It does look like they have real joy. Their way looks way better. And there will be people in our church today who have the same doubts. They look out at the world, they look at culture, and they begin to doubt because they think the church down the street looks way more relevant and up to date. They preach a message that sounds way more loving and way more inclusive. They preach a message that I'm not embarrassed to bring my friends to hear. They don't mention God's wrath or hell. They seem to experience God more. Maybe I'm not in the right place. Or maybe they look at the stuff the world is offering and they think that's where true freedom and joy is. And they begin to doubt following Jesus is worth it all. Our response to those people with those doubts should be to show them mercy. To patiently and lovingly remind them of the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to pray for them, open God's word with them, so that they may become more aware of the great love that God has for them. And when we perceive that someone among us is in danger, we need to get around them. And this is why we need to invest in our relationships with people. We need to contend for the faith of others. But as well as people among us who are in danger of falling away, Jude is also saying that we need to have a clear gospel focus to those outside the faith. Contending for the faith means that we offer God's mercy to enemies of the gospel. Because we know that we too were once God's enemies. We aren't supposed to just keep ourselves to ourselves and our little Christian bubble and never engage any non-Christians. We are called to actively reach out to the lost where we are, always conducting ourselves with grace, showing them the love and the kindness of God, always ready to share the gospel, ready to tell them about the mercy we have received through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Just like it's a privilege to keep ourselves in God's love, we have the absolute privilege of offering God's mercy to other people. We have an incredible calling in the world to speak on God's behalf, to be ambassadors of his kingdom. We have been sent out in the authority of Christ to save others by snatching them out of the fire. We have even been sent to people whose clothing has been stained by corrupted flesh. In other words, even to people who are fully contaminated with sin. There is no one who we are to turn the nose up to. There's no one beyond the reach of God's mercy. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a Christian and you feel like your life is so broken and what you've done is so unforgivable that God would never want anything to do with you. 
Maybe you feel like your life is so contaminated with darkness and despair that you are beyond hope. That's not true. God will never turn anyone away who comes to him and asks for mercy. God's son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross so that the punishment that we deserve for our sin could be removed from us. So that our filthy, stained, sinful rags could be replaced by his spotless white robes of righteousness. All that God asks is that we admit our sin, we trust in Jesus' death on the cross, and we follow him. And if you do, you'll be snatched from the fire. And instead, you will join those who are waiting to be brought to eternal life. Please don't leave here tonight without getting right with God. If you are a Christian, notice the warning here as well in these verses. As we reach out to the lost, as we reach out to those who have been contaminated by sin, Jude says we need to do so mixed with fear. We need to make sure that we don't get caught up in sin ourselves. We are to hate even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. None of us are immune from temptation. None of us are perfect. And that means that contending for the faith takes great care. As we reach out to others, we can't lose our fear of God. We can't be subtly taken in by the very things we want God to save people out of. And if anyone suggests that we should join in the behavior of the people we want to reach, don't listen to them. Any teaching that says as a church we should try and be more like the culture around us so that we reach more people, it's a lie. Jude's brother James tells us to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. In James chapter 1, the church of Christ is to keep herself pure. We are to have a gospel culture that is so distinct from the culture around us, so attractive that people want to know what makes us different. A gospel culture that refuses to give in to individualism, to consumerism, or immorality, but a culture that is centered around God's word, where we love one another and we build one another up, where even the worst of sinners can be welcomed in and shown mercy in the hope that they might be saved. That's the culture we're to create. So as we reflect on these verses, maybe after having a look in, we need to have a look out. Why not ask yourself this evening, how have you been getting on with reaching out to the lost? Who are the people around you that God is calling you to show mercy to? Who are you investing in? Is there someone you can start praying for? Are you asking God to give you opportunities to share the gospel with the people in your life? Let's hear Jude's call to be those who snatch others from the fire. What an incredible calling and privilege we have to contend for the faith in our city, in our workplaces. Okay, so Jude tells us to look in. He tells us to look out. The last preventative measure he tells us to take is to make sure that we keep contending for the faith is to look up. Look with me finally to verse 24 and 25. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power and authority. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.
Jude knows that what he's just told us to do isn't easy. Whether it's keeping ourselves in God's love or offering God's mercy to others, contending for the faith is not easy. And as we've seen already, without God's help, we can't do it. So Jude finishes this letter by reminding us of God's great promises. God has promised that he is able to keep us from stumbling and that he will present us before Christ without fault and with great joy. These believers Jude is writing to have seen people close to them fall away. No doubt they're worried it could happen to them. They know full well that they are capable of falling. And Jude wants to remind them that their faithfulness to Christ is ultimately dependent on God himself. He wants to remind them that God has his sovereign hold over his people. Those who God has called, yes, we may still sin. We may wander, but in God's mercy and grace, he will not let go of anyone who belongs to him. He will keep bringing us back to repentance. He will keep enabling us to keep ourselves in his love. Now, as we saw last week, that doesn't mean that we can presume upon God's grace and do what we like, but it does mean that we can have confidence that the God who called us will carry us to the end. We know that there will be a day in the future when we will be presented before Christ in his glorious presence and we will be without fault. We will be blameless. And on that day, it will be more joyous than anything we could ever imagine here on earth. On that day, we will see our Savior in all his glory, majesty, power, and authority. And we will be in his glorious presence forevermore. On that day, Christ will receive all the praise and adoration that is due his name. What a privilege it is that we get to sing the praises of our God and King, both now and for eternity. What a privilege it is to contend for the faith. While we may have hard days now, the end result is more worth it than we can imagine. So when we feel like we're struggling to contend for the faith, we need to look up. We need to remember who it's all about. We keep going to bring him the glory that he deserves. We keep going because we know that we're going to spend eternity in the glorious presence of King Jesus. Maybe you need to look up tonight because you're discouraged by the state of the church. When we see churches succumb to the pressure to conform to culture, when once strong denominations say that God's word needs to develop and keep up with our secular culture, we need to trust that God is sovereign over his church, that he is able to navigate his true church through these storms, that he will help us to stand firm, that he will not let the flame of the gospel go out. Or maybe you need to look up tonight because you feel the social cost of not going along with what our culture says. You keep being tempted to look over your shoulder at the world because you think it looks pretty attractive. You need to remember that the future of this world belongs to those who are faithful to King Jesus. Our culture might 
look like it offers true freedom. It might look like it offers real joy. The pleasures of this world, um, they might look so enticing. Sexual immorality might look like it brings fulfillment. But we need to remember that it only brings pleasure in this age. There is no future in it. The only future for those who keep rejecting the authority of King Jesus is an eternity in hell. So in those moments when we're tempted to ask, does does God really care about this? Does it really matter if I do this? We need to keep the prize of an eternity in the presence of Jesus on our minds. Those are the moments where we need to choose to contend for the faith, where we need to pray for God's help to stand firm through temptation, where we need to ask ourselves what Jesus said. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Maybe you need to look up tonight because you've been considering joining a church that doesn't take the Bible so seriously. A church that is more progressive, a church that appears more relevant to our culture. Don't even go there. That would be leaving the one who has all glory, majesty, power, and authority. That would be snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. We have the truth. We have what God requires of us written down in its final form, and it can't be changed. Don't reject his authority over your life. Keep yourself in God's love. Stay or you'll be built up with God's word. Just as we close tonight and the band are going to come up, we've seen in Jude that God is calling us to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's people. Let's respond in the way he wants us to. Let's ask the Lord if there's an area in our lives that he wants us to change. Maybe you need to look in to make sure you're still building yourself up on the foundation of Scripture, to make sure you're still spending time with God in prayer. Maybe you need to look out to make sure you're carrying out your calling to hold the gospel out to the lost, to make sure you're investing your life in the right thing, in the mission that your king has given you to snatch others from the fire. And let's all keep looking up. Let's keep depending on the one who has promised to keep us from stumbling and to present us without fault and with great joy. And let's keep giving all the praise to the one who has all the glory, majesty, power, and authority. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the challenge in your word tonight. Lord, would you help us to be those who contend for the faith in our culture. Help us to look in. Help us to build ourselves up in your word, to pray in the Holy Spirit, keep ourselves in in your love, and help us, Lord, to look out, to snatch others from the fire, to show others the mercy we have received. And Lord, help us to look up. Help us to keep our eyes on the glory of Christ, to keep our eyes on the future, on that day that we will be presented before him without fault and in great joy. We pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.